Chapter Seventeen of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Judy Guinan. The Scarlet Pimpernel by Emma Ortsey. Chapter Seventeen. Farewell. When Marguerite reached her room, she found her maid terribly anxious about her. "'Your ladyship will be so tired,' said the poor woman, whose own eyes were half-closed with sleep. "'It is past five o'clock.' "'Ah, yes, Louise, I dare say I shall be tired presently,' said Marguerite kindly. "'But you are very tired now, so go to bed at once. I'll get into bed alone.' "'But, my lady, now don't argue, Louise, but go to bed. Give me a wrap and leave me alone.' Louise was only too glad to obey. She took off her mistress's gorgeous ball dress and wrapped her up in a soft billowy gown does your ladyship wish for anything else she asked when that was done no nothing more put out the lights as you go out yes my lady good-night my lady good-night louise when the maid was gone marguerite drew aside the curtains and threw open the windows the garden and the river beyond were flooded with rosy light far away to the east the rays of the rising sun had changed the rose into vivid gold the lawn was deserted now and marguerite looked down upon the terrace where she had stood a few moments ago trying in vain to win back a man's love which once had been so wholly hers it was strange that through all her troubles all her anxiety for our man she was mostly conscious at the present moment of a keen and bitter heartache her very limbs seemed to ache with longing for the love of a man who had spurned her who had resisted her tenderness remained cold to her appeals and had not responded to the glow of passion which had caused her to feel and hope that those happy golden days in paris were not all dead and forgotten how strange it all was she loved him still and now that she looked back upon the last few months of misunderstandings and of loneliness she realized that she had never ceased to love him that deep down in her heart she had always vaguely felt that his foolish inanities his empty laugh his lazy nonchalance were nothing but a mask that the real man strong passionate wilful was still there the man she had loved whose intensity had fascinated her whose personality attracted her since she always felt that behind his apparently slow wits there was a certain something which he kept hidden from all the world and most especially from her a woman's heart is such a complex problem the owner thereof is often most incompetent to find the solution of this puzzle did marguerite blakeney the cleverest woman in europe really love a fool was it love that she had felt for him a year ago when she married him was it love she felt for him now that she realized that he still loved her but that he would not become her slave her passionate ardent lover once again nay margaret herself could not have told that not at this moment at any rate perhaps her pride had sealed her mind against a better understanding of her own heart but this she did know that she meant to capture that obstinate heart back again that she would conquer once more and then that she would never lose him she would keep him keep his love deserve it and cherish it for this much was certain that there was no longer any happiness possible for her without that one man's love thus the most contradictory thoughts and emotions rushed madly through her mind absorbed in them she had allowed time to slip by perhaps tired out with long excitement she had actually closed her eyes and sunk into a troubled sleep wherein quickly fleeting dreams seemed but a continuation of her anxious thoughts when suddenly she was roused from a dream or meditation by the noise of footsteps outside her door nervously she jumped up and listened the house itself was as still as ever the footsteps had retreated through her wide-open window the brilliant rays of the morning sun were flooding her room with light she looked up at the clock it was half-past six 
too early for any of the household to be already astir she certainly must have dropped asleep quite unconsciously the noise of the footsteps also of a hush subdued voices had awakened her what could they be gently on tiptoe she crossed the room and opened the door to listen not a sound that peculiar stillness of the early morning when sleep with all mankind is at its heaviest but the noise had made her nervous and when suddenly at her feet on the very doorstep she saw something white lying there a letter evidently she hardly dared touch it it seemed so ghost-like it certainly was not there when she came upstairs had louise dropped it or was some tantalizing spook at play showing her fairy letters where none existed at last she stooped to pick it up amazed puzzled beyond measure she saw that the letter was addressed to herself in her husband's large business-like looking hand what could he have to say to her in the middle of the night which could not be put off until morning she tore open the envelope and read a most unforeseen circumstance forces me to leave for the north immediately so i beg your ladyship's pardon if i do not avail myself of the honor of bidding you good-bye my business may keep me employed for about a week so i shall not have the privilege of being present at your ladyship's water-party on wednesday i remain your ladyship's most humble and most obedient servant percy blakeney marguerite must suddenly have been imbued with her husband's slowness of intellect for she had perforce to read the few simple lines over and over again before she could fully grasp their meaning she stood on the landing turning over and over in her hand this curt mysterious epistle her mind a blank her nerves strained with an agitation and a presentment that she could not very well have explained sir percy owned considerable property in the north certainly and he had often before gone there alone and stayed away a week at a time but it seemed so very strange that circumstances should have arisen between five and six o'clock in the morning that compelled him to start in this extreme hurry vainly she tried to shake off an unaccustomed feeling of nervousness she was trembling from head to foot a wild unconquerable desire seized her to see her husband again at once if only he had not already started forgetting the fact that she was only very lightly clad in a morning wrap and her hair lay loosely about her shoulders she flew down the stairs right through the hall towards the front door it was as usual barred and bolted for the indoor servants were not yet up but her keen ears had detected the sound of voices and the pawing of a horse's hoof against the flagstones with nervous trembling fingers marguerite undid the bolts one by one bruising her hands hurting her nails for the locks were heavy and stiff but she did not care her whole frame shook with the anxiety at the very thought that she might be too late that he might have gone without her seeing him and bidding him godspeed at last she had turned the key and thrown open the door her ears had not deceived her a groom was standing close by holding a couple of horses one of these was sultan sir percy's favourite and swiftest horse saddled ready for a journey the next moment sir percy himself appeared round the further corner of the house and came quickly towards the horses he had changed his gorgeous ball costume but was as usual irreproachably and richly apparelled in a suit of fine cloth with a lace jabot and ruffles high-top boots and riding breeches marguerite went forward a few steps he looked up and saw her a slight frown appeared between his eyes you are going she said quickly and feverishly whither as i have had the honour of informing your ladyship urgent most unexpected business calls me to the north this morning he said in his usual cold drawly manner but your guest to-morrow 
i have prayed your ladyship to offer my humble excuses to his royal highness you are such a perfect hostess i do not think i will be missed for surely you might have waited for your journey until after our water party she said still speaking quickly and nervously surely this business is not so urgent and you said nothing about it just now my business as i had the honour to tell you madam is as unexpected as it is urgent may i therefore crave your permission to go can i do aught for you in town on my way back no no thanks nothing but you will be back soon very soon before the end of the week i cannot say he was evidently trying to get away while she was straining every nerve to keep him back for a moment or two percy she said will you not tell me why you go to-day surely i as your wife have the right to know you have not been called away to the north i know it there were no letters no couriers from there before we left the opera last night and nothing was waiting for you when we returned from the ball you are not going to the north i feel convinced there is some mystery and nay there is no mystery madam he replied with a slight tone of impatience my business has to do with our man there now may i have your leave to depart with our man but you will run no danger danger i nay madam your solicitude does me honour as you say i have some influence my intention is to exert it before it's too late will you allow me to thank you at least nay madam he said coldly there's no need for that my life is at your service and i am already more than repaid and mine will be at yours sir percy if you will but accept it in exchange for what you do for our man she said as impulsively she stretched out both her hands to him there i will not detain you my thoughts go with you farewell how lovely she looked in this morning sunlight with her ardent hair streaming around her shoulders he bowed very low and kissed her hand she felt the burning kiss and her heart thrilled with joy and hope you will come back she said tenderly very soon he replied looking longingly into her blue eyes and you will remember she asked as her eyes in response to his look gave him an infinity of promise i will always remember madam that you have honoured me by commanding my services the words were cold and formal but they did not chill her this time her woman's heart had read his beneath the impulsive mask his pride still forced him to wear he bowed to her again then begged her leave to depart she stood on one side whilst he jumped on sultan's back then as he galloped out of the gate she waved him a final adieu a bend in the road soon hid him from view his confidential groom had some difficulty in keeping pace with him for sultan flew along in response to his master's excited mood marguerite with a sigh that was almost a happy one turned and went within she went back to her room for suddenly like a tired child she felt quite sleepy her heart seemed at once to be in complete peace and though it still ached with undefined longing a vague and delicious hope soothed it as with a balm she felt no longer anxious about armand the man who had just ridden away bent on helping her brother inspired her with complete confidence in his strength and in his power she marvelled at herself for ever having looked upon him as an inane fool of course that was a mask worn to hide the bitter wound she had dealt to his faith and to his love his passion would have overmastered him and he would not let her see how much he still cared and how deeply he suffered but now all would be well and she would crush her own pride humble it before him tell him everything trust him in everything and those happy days would come back when they used to wander off together in the forests of fontainebleau when they spoke little for he was always a silent man but when she felt that against his strong heart she would always find rest and happiness the more she thought of the events of the past night the less fear she had of chauvelin and his schemes 
he had failed to discover the identity of the scarlet pimpernel of that she was sure both lord fancourt and chavelin himself had assured her that no one had been in the dining-room at one o'clock except the frenchman himself and percy yes percy she might have asked him had she thought of it anyway she had no fears that the unknown and brave hero would fall in chevelyn's trap his death at any rate would not be at her door armand certainly was in danger but percy had pledged his word that armand would be safe and somehow as marguerite had seen him riding away the possibility that he could fail in whatever he undertook never even remotely crossed her mind when armand was safely over in england she would not allow him to go back to france she felt almost happy now and drawing the curtains closely together again to shut out the piercing sun she went to bed at last laid her head upon the pillow and like a wearied child soon fell into a peaceful and dreamless sleep End of chapter seventeen recording by judy guinan